Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, November 2015 episode of Whiskey and Wasted Words. It's being recorded in April 2017. Uh, I am Alex Snader here uh, with my co-host, Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Jariah Wood. Um, any other pseudonyms floating around out there? Uh, well, s- still Richard Junk for the Dirk McAwesome story that's out there. I have more written. Ah, okay. I just never put them out, but yeah, those are the two big ones. Uh, so we're back after a long break because life. Um, we both uh, have been away, but now we're back. Um, so first things first, uh, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I am drinking the finest cheap leftover eggnog I found in the fridge from Christmas. So hopefully it that. doesn't go bad after a few months. But if, <laughs> that sounds terrible. If I if <laughs> it should be terrible. Think of it as uh, a little bit of self-flagellation just for the podcast since it took us so long to get to the uh, Thanksgiving episode of 2015. <laughs> well, now I feel bad because I'm, I'm drinking a nice glass of uh, Jameson on the rocks. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to carry the podcast. Hey, if I disappear halfway through, you know why? But I am drinking it out of a shot glass that is boobs and butt of a lady, and it says New Orleans on it. <laughs> uh, butts. <laughs> it is It is the classiest shot glass I own. I didn't know I had it till moments ago. Learn something new every day, including classy shot glasses hidden in our cabinets. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never even been to New Orleans, huh? I don't know how we got it. Maybe you found it in old Orleans. I don't think I've been. Oh, who knows what this eggnog's going to do to me, though? Maybe that's how the first half disappeared. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've been, uh, I think our first couple episodes, we had a, a random icebreaker question uh, submitted to us on Twitter. And uh, I just got another one because at uh, Rachel Forgets is always good with a random question. Excellent. And hers would be describe your podcast as an ice cream flavor. Oh boy. Um, cookies and disappointment, maybe? Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I think I would call it um, sugar free ice cream that you find in the back of your freezer, but it still tastes okay. Unless you eat too much of it, then it gives you explosive diarrhea. Exactly. So, yep. um, I think that would be, good. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that is, yeah, that sums it up. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, on down the list here. Um, my next topic on my vague sheet here is where the F have you guys been? Uh, Chris, what, what have you been into? Let's see. Since 2015, it has been a crazy few years for me. Um, most recently, my family and I sold our house and packed everything up, lived with the in-laws for a few months while we looked for a new place. And, uh, just in the last two months, you know, purchased a house and it's just been kind of a chaos of moving in and getting settled. So that's been a lot of stress. It's really nice to have that behind us now. That's moving just takes so much time and energy. Um, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, it's it's something that uh, I never want to do again. I've been in my house for like seven years now, which is the longest I think I've ever lived in any one location. So I really never want to have to move. <laughs> we were in our last place for a little over 10 years, and it was on the market for a really long time and finally sold. And so we were, we were glad to get that out from under us. But then for four months, we were homeless, and it was really good of our you know my in-laws to let us stay with them. But it's just, it was a lot of people under one roof. Didn't have any major problems. We all get along. But there's just, there's something nice. And there's something that really reduces your stress levels when you have your own space. That space yeah, definitely. at home. So and, how about uh, you? What have you been doing? I got a new job that I may or may not have had. No, I guess I didn't have it the last time, last time we talked. Uh, no, you did not. And it is the... First job I've ever had where I have come home at the end of the day mentally exhausted. I've been doing retail and food service forever. So, you know, coming home and being a little sore from being on your feet, that was one thing. But now this this job, I actually have to think. And that really took a dent on the whole writing muscle. Because the last thing I wanted to do was come home and, and think more. Yeah. There, there's truth to that. I worked um, a really labor-intense job. At one point in my life, and I remember, you know, I'd been working office jobs for years and I needed work and this came up. And so I took it. And one of the nicest things about it was coming home at the end of a day, physically exhausted, but not having to think about work. (laughs) And it was just it was tremendous. And there's this it's really hard to describe unless you've experienced it. But that mental fatigue is just so real. Definitely. And so, I mean, I think that kind of is a, a decent segue into our actual topic for this particular podcast is uh, writing burnout or having trouble writing for for any reason, I guess. Uh, do you think that specifically burnout from writing is a real thing? Uh, it's a tough question, and I probably should have looked at this before we started recording. <laughs> no. I mean, is it real? I guess that's going to really focus on your perception. Um, Is it possible to, I mean, is it writing burnout if you've spent all day behind a desk and you come home and you have an hour to write, but all you want to do is just close your eyes and just kind of slip into that semi-vegetative state, maybe put something on Netflix, not even anything that you've had on your I want to watch list for a long time, but something that you don't even really care about. You just want to feel like you're doing something while you shut your brain off. Is that writer's block? Is it writer's burnout or is it just dealing with life or, you know, the the way we have to navigate society and what we're built for. So is it real? Practically? Yes. Um, I don't know if I would say it's easy to, necessarily qualify like you know where the line is drawn for am i just sick of writing i know what i've been struggling with is well i've given too much thought which is probably contributing to burnout (laughs) um but it's it's a matter of why am i not writing and the fatigue is a a lot of it sometimes and Fear is a big one. Fear is always a big one. And fear is insidious because it'll sneak up on you. You don't realize it. You think, oh, I've got nothing to be afraid of. But 
then you really get down to brass tacks. And at least for me, I'll notice sometimes if I'm not paying attention, it'll be a fear of, I mean, tell me if this rings true. If you ever had this thought, I have a great idea for a story, but I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up. Uh, yeah, pretty much every story I've ever written. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's, I mean, you can kind of let yourself get into a cycle of having all these great ideas for stories, but not really wanting to start them. So is it burnout or not wanting to finish them? That's, that's my problem is if I have, sometimes I'm writing a story and it's going well, and I end up not finishing it because I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to really land the ending. And I'd hate to have a story that had a great buildup, but a crap ending. I definitely have done that. Um, the fifth book in my burden series, uh, I I have probably 85% of the first draft sitting unfinished right now. And it's been sitting for six months now, probably. And when I started the book, I started the book for this one scene at the climax that I was so excited about. I mean, I pretty much wrote the whole book just for an excuse to get to this one scene that I knew was going to be epic. And I am at that scene. Like, that is where I stopped writing because I got to that scene and I was like, I'm going to screw this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there there definitely is, you know, a fear in, in not doing it right. And, you know, not doing it justice, I guess. And, you know, another I, I suppose another side of not writing is it's such a mental thing. And, you know, for me personally, you know, right about the time I started this job last year that, you know, kind of took my focus away a little bit. I had three books published through two different publishers Uh, within a couple months, both of those publishers went out of business. And so all of my books that had ever been published and printed came out of print and man, that screwed me up. (laughs) Well, it's, it's demoralizing. And that would be another major at least for me, that's that's something I've been struggling with is the fact that, you know, we, we craft these stories. I mean, whether it's novel length, whether it's short story or a series of short stories, flash fiction, whatever, there's there's time and there's energy and there's passion that we put into these stories. And why do you write if it's not so that other people can read it and get that sense of passion that we have while we're writing it you know what, what's the point of writing a story if we're not excited about it obviously sure if it's you know you're writing for a spec for something um that's one thing but if you're just sitting down to write something that you love you want to impart that your, your love of that story to the reader so if no one's reading your stories i f- i find it incredibly disheartening i can only imagine what it would be like to you know have three books out published ready for people to purchase them, whatever else, and then suddenly find out that, boom, they're gone and there's nothing you can do to, there's nothing you can do to get them back out there. And suddenly these things that you poured so much time and energy into were just unavailable for people to read and give you feedback on and, you know, tell you what they thought about it, what they liked, what they didn't like, what they got excited about versus, you know, what you were excited about, et cetera. I think that's a motivation killer. Definitely. Um, yeah, it, it definitely brought about what I think is, you know, uh, sounding like Mr. You know, 
knowledgeable writer here, but I, I think one of the most dangerous questions for any writer that I've ever encountered is, what does it matter? Uh, you know, because you can get into this, you know, my stuff fell out of print or, or no one's reading your stuff. You know, maybe you put something on, you know, whatever and shared it and it only got two views and, and you fall into this. Well, what does it matter? Why do I do this? Right. And it just stops everything. I, I really think that when you get into that mindset, it's almost impossible to get away from. The, yeah. And at one point in my life, maybe I even believed this, that there are times where as a writer, you write because you have to. You write because the story's in you and it needs to come out. But let's be honest, if that's the reason you're writing and that's the reason you're telling stories, you don't have to write down a single thing. You can sit back on your couch. Don't turn Netflix on. You can sit and tell stories in your head all evening and it's way less work. You're still having fun crafting the stories and no one gets to read it, but who cares? So, I mean... That's been a large part of my routine since I stopped writing as much. I'm not nearly as prolific as I had been early on when I started. And part of that is I've struggled with burnout is the fact that, you know, if if no one's reading my stories, I can sit down and come up with all the good ideas and all the great characters and everything in my head. And just as many people are seeing them. <laughs> Right. And then you end up with this backlog of things that you're like, man, if I ever get back around to writing, <laughs> I need to write these six great ideas that I just had that I. <laughs> right. And then you just, then you make the time and you sit down and you're like, oh, crap, I got the mosquito and a nudist colony issue. I know what I need to do. I have no idea where to start. <laughs> uh, did you just come up with that analogy? Because that was amazing. No, unfortunately, um, I've, I've been saying that for years. I heard it somewhere. And uh, I, I told you my metaphor game is weak. You, you've pretty much – that is my metaphor game is that mosquito and a nudist colony thing. That's, that's a good one. So, it has to be. It's all I've got. <laughs> it works for every situation. Man, it's Everyone. hot in this room. Well, it's like a mosquito and a nudist colony. <laughs> it's really hot because the sun is shining. Yep. <laughs> So do you, I guess, bringing it back more to the actual just writing too much, do you find that like if if you sit down for a writing session and you're not on a time constriction, you know, the kids have gone to bed, you're, you're wired, you've got all the time in the world, do you find that there's a certain amount that you're good for in one sitting? Like, It is so rare for that situation that you just described to happen. I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't think that has happened in the last two years, at least. Um, but the, I get the gist of the question you're after. So if I sit down and I'm ready to write and I can get in the zone quickly, then I'm usually good for about 800 words in 45 minutes. If I get more time than that, if I get like a good two-hour writing session, I'll usually get between three and 4,000 words. And I find that when I hit 4,000 words in a day or in one sitting, right. I am usually ready to go do something else. I've never right. had the opportunity to, to take a break and then go back to writing. I've never had that kind of time for writing. But so I don't know, you know, I see people talking about doing a 10K day. If a little bit of a break would be, 
you know, would actually rejuvenate me during the day, I'm sure I could hit 10K in four or five hours. You know, if I was a full-time writer with an eight-hour workday, I could see me doing a couple, you know, aiming for, say, three one-and-a-half to two-hour sessions per day. I think that would be a good day's work. Right. But, but yeah, the most I've ever done in a sitting between four and 4,500 words, you know, 4,000, 4,500 words. I know you've gone way over that, right? Yeah, I've got I've got a luxury though, I guess. I had to pick up a part-time job. I mean, I've worked a part-time job for years ago, but I had the opportunity to switch uh, to for the last couple of years now, I've worked overnight shifts at this quiet little hotel and in, in kind of my tourist town. Uh, so I've had a lot of time uh, to just sit alone in a lobby and make sure that the building doesn't catch on fire pretty much. Uh, so that led to a lot of free time, which, crappily enough, about the time I started that job, I was making my other job, and I kind of quit writing. But I do I do have a lot of time now, uh, and I'm kind of getting back into things, where it's my job to sit behind a desk, and, you know, I might get, you know, maybe two or three or four people an hour coming in asking for towels or, you know, the Wi-Fi password or, or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, But aside from that, I have this time where I have to be in one location and I don't have anything else to do. Um, So I get a lot of time that I could devote to writing and I have in the past. And I have um, actually in March, I accidentally did a a nano where I did 50K (laughs) in the month of March. Um, And it it wasn't a – yeah, right? Um, I just happened to start a novel and I started about the start of the month and the month finished. I was like, man, I, I did 50 K in a month. All right. Uh, but that's not something like if I didn't have this part-time job or, you know, if I didn't have this where I had to be there, uh, maybe two or 3000 words in a day would be my max. But with the job, um, I think Sunday I hit eight K in one shift at the hotel, which that's probably one of my better days all time. That's solid, though. That was, like, when I got into the day, like, when I went into the shift, I'm like, all right, I'm going to finish this book today. I've got, like, one scene left. And I was really, like, I was like, all right, maybe two or three grand and I'll be done. And then I got into it and that scene, like, I finished that scene and it wasn't done. And so then I wanted to finish it. Like, I had it in my head I was going to finish the book that day. So I I went at it pretty hard that day. And yeah, I did get to the end of it, but it wound up being, I think, just a little over 8000 which is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I have a question for you. This is we're we're going off topic here, but we can do that because I I who's going to listen anyway, right? So uh, <laughs> here's my question. So you, you cranked out eight thousand. Like you went into that shift deciding that you were going to finish the book. Eight thousand words in a shift that had to take you the majority of the shift, especially considering what work you would have to do. You know the the interruptions you were mentioning earlier. Do you yeah. worry? Do you worry that you rushed the ending because your drive was to get the book done that day? Or does it feel complete? This particular book, I feel okay, but I'm not sure at the same time. Like normally most of my books, everything I've ever written more or less up until now has had like a final boss or whatever. So like I just had to get through that final boss and it was done. 
this new book for me was something like totally off, like out of my genre, like something that I'm almost considering publishing under a pseudonym if I do publish it, just because it's it's not it's not demon hunting. Um, yeah. But um, it's just really quick. How many severed heads in the whole book? None, and that hurts me. Wow! Wow! <laughs> no deaths. Not not a single person died in in wow. seventy thousand words. And for me, that's strong. I mean, uh, I don't normally do that. So, but be, because of the fact that there wasn't like it was more like a a day in the life of kind of novel. I, the ending for me doesn't feel as strong because normally I'm like, all right, killed the bad guy, it's done, that's it, it's a wrap. Sure. Uh, but no, I. I I feel like I probably, if I wouldn't have been done, I would have recognized it and been like, all right, I need to finish this tomorrow. Okay. Trust the process kind of thing. Generally. Trust, trust your instincts. Yeah. And all then right. when my beta reader comes back and says, hey, it's done. <laughs> hey, <laughs> and you can, you can redo the ending. Yeah. Then I can add more. Later. Like, all right, well, someone told me it sucked. I guess I'll fix it. Well, sorry to take us off off the plan, but I I had to know. No, no, that's that's uh, what's a plan anyway. I mean, we got we got thirty forty minutes to fill, so. Uh, so when you find like when you want to write, and you know you want to write, but you're just not quite not quite feeling it that day, or you know you sit down at the computer and you're just like, ah. Do you have anything like? Do you try to power through and just get started, or what do you? What's your process? It really depends on a few things. I'm a very deadline oriented person, so if I've promised something to someone, or if I know I have a submission deadline, you know, if if I saw a submission call for something that I had a good idea for a story for, I'm excited for the story. I sit down, and the spark just isn't there. Right. I'll, I'll generally power through. Um, my feeling is. It's definitely more fun when the muse is there. It's definitely more fun when you're telling a story that you're excited about. So right. when you sit down and the excitement's not there, I found that just getting some words down will oftentimes kind of spark that muse. It'll, it'll spark that, that flow. So I'll do that. Um, sometimes it's just a simple a simple reminder that how I feel doesn't dictate how I think, which is more right. of a, a, a broad philosophical kind of thing. It's, but a, a lot of times I think, I think humans, it's just, it's kind of what we do, you know, we feel a certain way. So we just take that as a dominating force. And sometimes it's just a matter of saying, you know what, I don't feel like writing right now, but I have a story to tell. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write it. And it's amazing a lot of times how quickly that'll break things open. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes every single word feels like you're trying to pull blood out of a stone, you know? It's just, it ain't there. And those are rough. I mean, I, I know that I personally, I've had writing sessions where I've gotten down 400 words, and it seems like every single word has just been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the sessions where... Every time you feel like you've made good, you know, great progress, you check your word count and realize you wrote 37 words. Oh, man. 
I've had those too. The the you know you sit down to write and you write what you feel like's a bunch. You check and you're like 130 words. You're like okay, don't you know? Just don't look at it. Just keep going. Just keep going. And you keep yeah. going. Then you look at it again. And you're like 250 words. You're like oh my god, this is never gonna end. What am I doing? And then you hit the flow and you realize that the writing's going really well and you wanted to write for an hour and you realize that you glance at the clock and realize that it's 11 10 when you wanted to go to bed at 11 but the flow didn't hit till you know 10 58 so then you end up staying up till midnight just to get some words down sleepwalk through the day the next day um, i'm yeah, familiar with this. this this is my song and dance right here <laughs> But definitely, I personally, I mean, I've noticed there are some writing sessions where every single word is a struggle, and yeah. you just have to get what you can. You know, you got in there, you did what you could, and and you know, there's tomorrow. But then you know, the other side, I've had the same sessions where you know it starts out and everything sucks, and you hate it, and you're you're just in there because you said you'd do it, and then you know, a wall breaks, you know, two hundred words in, and all of a sudden it just pours out, uh, which is much better <laughs> i prefer yeah, those yeah. definitely so that i guess that's kind of you know when's a little problem you know when one particular when you sit down and, and things aren't quite right but you know well, like with both of us you know we've both been busy and we've both kind of been trying i, I feel like we've both been trying to kind of rekindle our writing we'll call it a career for lack of a better word Sure. Um, how have you gone about trying to dive back into the to the fray, so to speak? Uh, I found a little tool online called 750 Words, and you can sign up free for 30 days. I signed up for a $5 a month plan or something like that. And after the first month, they want you to pay a little bit, but it gives you metadata about the words that you write. And the whole idea is it just gives you a blank screen that you can type into. There's not really any formatting options or anything fancy like that, which is nice because you know how it is when you're trying to sit down to write and you're looking for any distraction. So it's what <laughs> font should I? Yeah. So there, there's not really any formatting that you can play with per se. And the whole point is just write. So I've been trying to grind through days of that and believe it or not, what all the other writers say about just write every day, and it'll come easier. It seems to be holding true. It's been getting easier every night. I'm, you know, two or three nights into a science fiction, originally a comic book script. And I just kind of decided that I wanted to put some ideas down, not in script format, because script format takes me a lot longer to write than just a stamp, you know, prose story. Really? So yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, it, it breaks up the flow. I'm definitely a flow writer. So having, oh, to, having to break things, yeah, having to break things in the panels and everything, just it, slow, it breaks my flow big time. It slows me down. So I've just been sitting down and writing this comic book idea in prose format. And I'm about you know, two days into this specific one. I, I've written a couple different things in this 750 words, but this is the first one that I've tackled on multiple nights. I'll hit it again tonight. And it's finally starting to flow. You know, I'm just putting a scene down, but it's starting to actually feel like it's got some cohesion and it's been good. So really, I've just been 
getting back to it by forcing it out. That's it. Sure. And uh, this uh, the the seven hundred and fifty words deal. Uh, what uh, you've should, I've actually seen you've sent me a couple of the charts the other day to look at. But what uh, what does it tell you about your writing? Like, I mean, is it just? Um, let's see. One of the advantages of doing an internet podcast, you can look <laughs> it up. So, view statistics. So, what I did yesterday. First thing it does is, and this is more, I think, for fun. I haven't seen anything useful for this, but it actually will tell you how long it took you to get to the 750 words. The total time it took took you to get to 750 words. And it breaks down how many words per minute you wrote by minute. Gives you a little chart. It's fun to look at. Um, <laughs> right. It says number of distractions over in the corner. I don't know what the algorithm decides is a distraction. I'm always <laughs> at zero because... I lay down in bed. I have a little netbook that I take to bed and, uh, you know, leave it on the nightstand next to the bed. So what I've been doing is sitting down or laying down, knocking on my 750, closing the book and going to sleep. <clears throat> That's one way and to do it. Rating PG and it'll tell you why. So what I wrote yesterday was rated PG for sexual content and violence. Makes it sound much more exciting than what it was. I think, <laughs> um, feeling mostly, and it gives you a pie chart. So yesterday, you know, I had upset, anxious, affectionate, self-important, self-expressive. Again, I don't know what their algorithms are, how they categorize this or anything, but then it'll tell you mostly how you're feeling. So yesterday, in fact, both scenes in this story, the primary feeling has been upset, which actually fits what I'm writing. So that's kind of cool. Yesterday, concerned mostly about success, and it tells you a breakdown of, you know, Success, death, eating, drinking, money, religion, leisure, home, work. Again, I don't know what it's using to break it down, but it's cool to look at. Mindset while writing. My God, any algorithm that can decipher my mind. I, I've been working on it for 37 years, so I don't know if I'm going to trust the computer for that, but it gives you that stuff. This one's cool. Time orientation, primary sense, us and them. Uh, the two that I like most are the time orientation and primary sense. Past, present, future breakdown, how you're using it. Okay. Um, I like that because it kind of gives me an overview of the primary tense I'm writing in. And I don't do it as much anymore, but when I first started writing, sometimes I'd accidentally slip tenses, you know, start writing in past. And next thing I know I'm in present and, and sometimes rarely it works, but for the most part, it's something I try to avoid anymore. So I look at that as an early indicator of, Hey, you may need to look at this. The other thing is the primary sense um, yesterday was sight hearing with almost no touch. The night before was almost all touch, barely any sight, barely any hearing. Um, I like to, that, that is interesting to me because writing, one of the things we can do as writers is we want to stimulate the reader's senses. We want to put them in the story, right? So absolutely utilizing multiple senses or in specific, like what I was writing two nights ago, it was really focused on someone who was floating through space. You know, they had been in a space shuttle, it got destroyed, and they were floating through space with nothing tethering them down. Silent environment, their eyes were closed, they couldn't see anything. All they could feel was their skin on the inside of the suit. And so when I finished writing it and came to the metadata and saw that the primary sense was touch and sight and hearing were almost non-existent, 
that's what I wanted. That's I, I wanted that to be the the way the story went. So it kind of served to verify that. And then uh, it also lists some frequently used words, which I mean, they're frequently used words. <laughs> I feel like anyone that has has known me or us specifically, I, I feel like everyone has a guess about what my frequently used word would be, and I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> no, but it would be like I, I assume the more that you use them, the larger and bolder they get. It's one of those kind of charts. So I could just imagine okay. your, what your chart would look like. So a just couple. a giant expletive on the screen, I think. Yeah, surrounded by other minor words leading up to said expletive. Yeah. Uh, it, going back just like a, a step and a half. This has nothing to do with any topic, but floating around in space untethered to anything is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie Gravity, I don't know if you've seen it, but every bit about that movie is pretty much just like, hey, you could screw up and float off into space, and that's terrifying. Like, I mean, what do you do? Like, just sit there until the oxygen runs out? I, I don't know. Yep. It's- yep. Yeah, definitely. That that's kind of the feeling I wanted to go for in it. So that that would be terrifying. The fact that because it's it would be total helplessness. Exactly, and a slow impending doom, and you'd be totally helpless to stop it. And that to me is very terrifying. And that's one of those re- like very real fears. I mean, it's not like either of us are going to begin launching our asses in space in the next you know little bit, but. You know, when you watch um, Godzilla, sure, Uh, you know, the the chances, you know, trying to put yourself in a situation where a giant radioactive lizard is crushing your city is novel, but hard to imagine. Sure. Yep. Whereas, you know, like, you know, with the advancements or whatever, traveling into space and for whatever reason, something's screwing up and you get in jettison like that's to me, that's something that I can see happening. Yeah. And makes it all the more terrifying. Yes. Big time. Uh, back on topic, I think one of my kids might be about to join us here in a second. But <laughs> um, for me, I guess, you know, jumping back into after a long break, uh, coming back to writing for me specifically has been almost an immersion process. Um, I've been, you know, before everything, before everything went to crap for me personally or professionally or whatever, you know, I was doing a ton of things. You know, I was, I was involved with other, other authors on, on Twitter and I was writing and, and putting in on these projects and and doing things. I felt like I was doing a lot. And then once everything kind of hit the fan, I just, I, I feel like I sort of fell off the radar, uh, so getting back to that and getting back to feeling like a writer, I mean, uh, I started writing, I started working on a book and, you know, I, I hit you up and I was like, Hey, let's do a podcast, you know, let's get this started again. Let's, you know, let's work on writing again. And I feel like that's helped me a lot. It's just to kind of get back in the fray and ground myself with it. Uh, Cause I'm, I'm not, I don't want to call myself a competitive person, but I, I love, I love, I guess, kind of the group aspect. I like, you know, reading stories from 
from anyone, and and it gets me wanting. You know, I read something like, "Oh man, that's awesome! I want to do that," or sure, you know, yeah. I, I want to build on that. You know, we've got this. Uh, you know, we we have been working on this this hotel anthology. The yeah, the encouraging aspect of that sense of community. Right, and so diving back into that, there was a story from. Uh, I'm going to call him Wisdom. I know his real name now, um, but uh, for the yes. longest. <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't know his name. He's the Mad Monk on Twitter, uh, but he was Wisdom for the longest time, and that's how I still call him in my head. Same uh, but with he, me. <laughs> uh, he had sent us a story for this hotel anthology that we've been working on, and I had never read it. And I feel bad because it sat in my inbox forever. And I finally got around to reading it uh, earlier this week, and it was amazing. It was awesome. And I read it's it. really now. good, isn't it? And – even the concept, like, I mean, as soon as I, I didn't even know what it was about. Like I, I really kind of sucked as a person and that I let this sit for so long. But, you know, the, the setup is more or less that this guy's wife died in his hotel room, you know, some years before, and he's back on the anniversary of their, of their wedding that she died on. And, and he's talking to the ghost and that whole setup. I was just like, man, and, and wisdom, he's a guy that can really pull that off. Yeah, Definitely. So I just had no re- idea going into that story, by the way. I had no idea what it was going to be about. And it's it had the same effect on me. You know, I hadn't written in a long time. And I came away from reading that, fired up for the for the anthology and like, we gotta make this happen. We've been exactly. under it too long. This is this is too good to just sit somewhere. Exactly. And you know, the same thing for me. And it's not even like a, I want to steal that or I wish I could do that. Or it's just a total Let's build on this. I love this. I want to get it out and I want to share it with people. I want everyone to see how awesome this is because I think it's this awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, and that was part of both of us, I think, getting the kind of the gears turning on that again and, and really getting the wheels moving on that anthology, which I'm super excited about. Um, I don't even know if we have a title for it yet, honestly. We've got uh, maybe five stories that have been turned in so far uh, from a bunch of people that you know that we've worked with and and they're all really good stories uh not even just his but uh so definitely some good stuff and some more interesting interesting stuff out there some kind of preliminary you know feedback we've gotten on what people are going to turn in yep you know what what you know what we're going to do is one of the podcasts we do I don't know, maybe our 2019 Christmas episode, <laughs> our Christmas 2015 episode that we put out in 2019. What right. we're going to do is let's see if we can get some of the, uh, maybe one or two of the authors who are contributing to hotel, but let's make it a, an episode about that anthology. Let's talk about what we're trying to do with it. Cause now that we're, now that we're thinking about it, you and I both been diving back into it, rereading the old stories, talking to people about getting the final submissions in. It's a little different than a standard anthology that, that you see indie published right now. And I think it'll be worth going over. So I think we should, we should do an episode dedicated to what that anthology is going to be about and kind of throw some teasers out and things like that. I think that'll be fun. Definitely. Uh, we'll, we'll mark that on the calendar for, uh, for 2019. Sounds good. <laughs> so uh, we're starting to get low on time here and I thought it would be a cool idea to, uh, review some writing uh, apps or programs or tools that we've both used, that we both have some experience with. Uh, there's about a million different things out there for writers to spend money on if they're really looking for it. Um, 
But I, I think one of the most popular, one of the ones I see thrown around a lot is Scrivener, which I have, this might be the first time I've ever said it aloud. <laughs> I say it aloud all the time. Before I go to bed, say it aloud three times, then let my head hit the pillow. Does Constantly. that make you a better writer? Uh, it hasn't yet, but I just <laughs> like to say it, I guess. Okay, well, you know, there's fun words. Um, so like Scrivener. O'clock is a fun word. O'clock. So yeah. like an Irish clock? I mean, do you, do you like, like an o'clock? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. It's just, I don't know. Doesn't it seem like a party word to you? Um, just yeah, yes I can see answer. that. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, sorry, my, my Jameson's gone and I think I feel it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Scrivener, uh, for novelists specifically, how do you feel about the program Scrivener? Let's let's turn this around. Alex, for novelists specifically, how do you feel about Scrivener? I've never written a novel. You've written like 13. <laughs> Why are you asking okay. me that question? Uh, well, okay, fine. For prosists. Um, but um, I wrote – I actually added it up the other day, and I have – finished 10 novels of those 10 uh i would say the first six were with word and making the stories up out of my ass as i went um the the next three were in scrivener with a outline that i also pulled out of my ass but i did it before i started writing nice okay And then the newest novel that I just finished up uh, was back to that original uh, Microsoft Word, no outline. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it depends on the type of writer you are. Uh, If you're someone who's easily distracted, I think Scrivener is easy to get distracted because there are so many options. Yeah. Um, you can import character photos and set up, you know, little folders and tabs and, and reminders and multiple windows. And so if you're one of these people that you find yourself kind of clicking around a lot and, and, you know, changing the font or, or doing whatever, um, I think that it could definitely be a distraction. Yeah, there's a lot there. But with that being said, if you're the type of person who plans out everything to the dot there are so many great tools uh you can use uh you know kind of note cards like digital note cards and that's what i use for my outlining is i'll make a note card for every single chapter and i'll put one or two sentences for for every chapter that says hey this chapter blank's gonna happen uh you can also set up character pages to where you know if, if you've got a character that looks a certain way or has a certain job or has certain uh beats or whatever you want to call it you can you can note those mm-hmm. so maybe if you have a lot of characters um then that would be good for something like that so i think if you're if you're someone who really needs all of the data to write a novel then it's super helpful i will say what i found it useful for is i really i'm to a point in my life where i think i just prefer short stories i've always joked that 
one of the reasons I write short stories is that my memory's poor enough that if I write anything longer than twelve to fifteen thousand words in one story, I start to forget <laughs> what was going on in the beginning, right. and I'm worried about plot holes and everything. One of the nicest things about Scrivener that I have found really helpful as I slowly work through some of my larger projects is a I actually have larger projects now because of <laughs> right. Scrivener. The fact that I can set up a dual window, I can build my chapter outlines my as I'm brainstorming. Like if there are things that I want to hit in store in in the story, I can put them in order, and I can just set them in a second window, and it just helps me keep my flow as I'm writing. I can glance over and see where the story needs to go and what I intend to put in. So it really helps me. Just the the minor ability to organize and have essentially they're just virtual note cards at my fingertips, but it's easy to add more. It's easy to change things. And they're right there. I don't even have to turn my head. I just glance over. I can see what I need to be working on. And then I can go back to the, the main screen and type it out. That's been really helpful for me in working on things like maybe by 2019, five lead slugs will be done, you know? That'd be great. Cause I, I really want to read that. Um, <laughs> I, I've made a lot of progress on, and, and that's the thing, you know, I could show you my Scrivener file for that. And my outline is pretty huge for it. It's just a matter of writing it and, and following the outline and, you know, filling in the blanks as I go, but I would have nothing on it. If I didn't have Scrivener, if I wasn't using Scrivener, it wouldn't be as far along as it is right now. So it's definitely useful for someone like me on the longer haul projects. Right. And it's something, something that I know that you did with five lead slugs and something that I have been telling myself that I would do with the burden novels, but actually haven't gotten around to doing is, uh, your story is broken up into, uh, chunks or sections uh, or parts. Yeah. And, you know, I've got, you know, five of these novels and I have, I also have a terrible memory. So I know that I'm pretty sure that you have all of your sections in one single file to where you could see the entire story at once if you needed to. Is that, is that right? Um, not really, but I have played around a lot with the compile functions. Okay. So what I do, if I wanted to see everything at once, I've got templates set up so with a click I could output it to a PDF or even a Mobi file to, and you know ship it to my phone and read it on my Kindle reader. I've done that sometimes to proof just so I can get an idea of how something reads for flow. Right. Um, that's actually one of my favorite things about Scrivener is the fact that pop in a couple templates and you can output it your story in so many different formats with a click. And that is, that's a really cool function being able to just to not have to, cause I, 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 we've both formatted self-published things at this point yeah. and it takes so much of that particular work out of it. You know, is it, is it uniform? Does everything match up? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you could, you know, theoretically you could put, you know, I could put each one of my previous novels in the same file. So if, you know, burden one, I wrote four years ago now. And there's definitely some sections that I don't remember. So if I were, you know, referencing back something from the first novel, instead of having to go back and open a different file and look for it, I could theoretically just have it all loaded into the same Scrivener file and just grab the burden one tab and, and scroll back in, in time to see. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I've got my, uh, 
my 170,000 word sword and sorcery fantasy book set up that, that way. So many words. <laughs> it's yeah, and so many wasted words, but in in case I ever go back and work on that, I've got that set up that way because that's so large that I need everything in one file so I can scroll back and say, "Hey, what exactly was going on during this event?" and I can quickly see and quickly find it. So yeah, it's definitely good for that. Okay, so now throwing the ball back in your court a little bit, what about for scripting? Uh, I know you've done much more work. I've done a couple comic scripts, but I feel like you've probably delved a little more into the scripting than I have. Scripting is odd for me. Um, I have never used Scrivener for scripting. That's not to say that I won't or that I wouldn't in the future. But like I said, I already find writing a script to be more difficult than actually just sitting down and writing a story. So when I script, I tend to sit down with something really, really simple, a Google Drive document, something like that, something that takes no thought because I already have enough trouble staying focused that any other distraction you know, trying to figure out how to format things in Scrivener, et cetera, it would just, I worry that it would slow me down more or maybe even completely kill a writing session. Having said that, I don't do a ton of scripts. If I was, if, if I were to, you know, be doing a weekly web comic or something like that, I would probably find it worthwhile to invest some time because I've read some, you know, there are documents on the internet where people talk about how to set Scrivener up for specifically for writing comic book scripts, movie scripts, things like that. And, uh, you know, it would probably be worth taking a few hours to sit down, get everything formatted, get familiar with the options and give it a try because I'm, I'm certain that everything else has been pretty easy. You know, once I get used to it, I I tend to really like Scrivener. There are just a few things that I don't care for, but most of that has to do with the fact that I'm running the windows version and uh yeah it doesn't it's not quite as robust as the mac version hmm. i actually didn't know that i'm running windows myself but i have only like i've only looked at just enough to figure out how to use it without screwing something up yeah uh as far as like instead of like just diving into all because there's so many t- long lengthy tutorials on how to get the most out of scrivener and i have never found that time <laughs> yeah same here uh, so for us, for ours, uh, or for mine and yours, you know, together separately, our style of writing, do you think it's something that's worth, uh, 40 bucks for, for maybe someone who's listened so far and they're like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm on the same page as these guys. Do you think for your particular writing mental style, do you think it's worth $40? I have never regretted purchasing it. Now I got it. I had completed a national novel writing challenge a couple of years ago and I got a code to save 50% on it. So I got it for $20, I think. Even if I had paid $40, I have never regretted having it. I have found it more useful. I found it useful enough on enough occasion that I'm glad I have it. Like I said, for me, it makes working on longer stuff a lot easier 
you know, I, I, I will work on things using Scrivener that I wouldn't have attempted before because of how easy it is to keep things organized. So for me, it's definitely, definitely worthwhile and worth $40. Yeah. I think so too. Um, again, and it's, it's something that's lifetime too. Like it seems like a lot of, uh, writing things that you can purchase are monthly. Yeah. Uh, whereas I've paid 40 bucks and I've got it forever. Uh, so I've spent more on less yep. <laughs> as, as far as that goes. And that's what, uh, eight cups of coffee. So eight, eight Starbucks writing sessions gets you a program designed for writing, tracking, organizing, and compiling your files for publication output. That's worth it. Definitely. Uh, so I guess, you know, kind of winding down toward the end of things, uh, what what are you going to be working on from, we'll say this month, because we may or may not record another podcast next month. I was going to say by this month, you mean November of 2015, right? <laughs> mm. So right now I'm going to finish up the uh, the superhero cosmic space idea I've been working on. I'm going to finish that up. And once that's done, I've got a few other ideas I'm going to dive into. I've got some old stories that I've been meaning to, to finish up, you know, old stories that are maybe a half, three quarter done that I really just need to tackle the ending on. So I'm going to do my best to get those knocked out been doing a lot of editing trying to get some uh some things ready to get into print and just sell out of the trunk kind of thing so be doing a bit more editing and formatting getting stuff like that ready to go so that's kind of where i'm gonna be and i mean you just finished a novel right so so what are you doing next what are you working on this month uh avoiding editing the novel that i just finished (laughs) um I, I dropped that novel off to a couple beta readers, so I'm waiting for them to hear back or waiting to hear back from them about whether or not it's worth pursuing as far as trying to find a home for it. Uh, in the meantime, I've got uh, Burden Five that I've promised myself that I would finish just for the the simple sake of having it finished. I hate having something that complete and not done. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe some some more short fiction just to kind of pass the time and do something that's not quite as heavy as a novel. Uh, so a little bit of everything, I think. Sure. Well, it sounds like if we uh, manage to stay with it, <clears throat> it'll be a full <laughs> month. It will definitely be a busy month. And, you know, if all goes well, we might actually be back in the next month with another one of these podcasts. And we can mention whether we actually finished any of these things. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, let's plan for 2019. That's we're good for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you got anything of your drink left, I'm I'm down to ice cubes here. No, my naked woman is empty. All right. Well, uh, with that being said, I guess thanks thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time, Alex. Definitely, sir. And we will see you guys next time.